It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We go from the fastest guest we've ever had on the show to maybe the shortest guest we've ever had on the show. That is the one, the only, the Aditi Kinkabwala. What's up, Aditi? You know, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow him, first of all. A legend. And second of all, Adam, where would I be in your reporter fantasy rankings? In your report, you're number one. First overall pick. Number you say that's it's not even a, it's a no-brainer. I don't even have yeah, to Yeah, I'm sitting right that. here, but you know, fine, whatever. Jason's that's cool. Going, you're going yeah. eight. <laughs> but to be honest, I, I am a five-tool player. I can do a few more things. So the versatility counts for something, right? And I'm willing to pay special teams. <laughs> that's a good trait. You gotta be able to pull right. but you know, I was gonna say as a rookie, but you're not a rookie anymore. But anyway, Aditi, this is it. Football is back. Thank God the preseason is over. And it's time for re- no offense. I mean, it was good seeing you on the pregame show, <laughs> but I'm much more excited to see you doing sidelines for the regular season games. I can't wait. Two nights to, uh, to, to Chiefs Lions and then Browns Bengals this Sunday. This is fascinating. I think two of the, the big storylines right now are Joe Burrow's status. We think he's going to play, but, uh, you know, how close to 100%? And Denzel Ward's status. Still in concussion right. protocol. These are obvi- obviously the borrow one's a bigger deal, but that seems more certain that he's going to play with Ward. We don't know. What do you make? What do you make of both those situations right now? Well, it, and you, I, you're absolutely right. It's funny because less than an hour ago, I was just talking to somebody about Denzel Ward stepping in front of Jamar Chase and returning that interception 100 yards. You remember that? The yeah, November. <laughs> the, it was the week that Odell Beckham left the Browns. Obviously, That's right. the Browns led, and then. The Browns won in Cincinnati so convincingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just talking about that play and how much Denzel Ward really does matter and how the Browns defense is so much about that front, but also about the back end, the rush and the coverage together. It seems like Joe Burrow is good to go. It seems like everything that we've heard. Now, obviously, I was not out on the practice field in Cincinnati. I can't tell you with my own eyes, but all indications seem to be that he's good to go. I think that it's very, very fortuitous, let's say, for the Browns that their front is so, so disruptive, is so, so ready to wreak havoc. So perhaps it is fortuitous that they are seeing a quarterback who hasn't had any sort of preseason snaps and hasn't really been at full go for the last month. Maybe he's not as quick as he would be two months from now, three months from now. Well, well, I don't know if, by the way, I don't know if Joe Burrow has ever taken a preseason snap. I can try to think about that. In 2020, there was no, there was the COVID year in 2020, so there were no games. 21, he was coming off the knee injury. I'm not, I'm not sure. Last year, he had the appendectomy. He didn't play. Right. This year, he had this. Maybe in 21, he played a little bit coming off the knee, but I, I don't remember. But he might, he may never have played a preseason game. I mean, but it's also just about the preseason practice too, right? It's the yeah, reps definitely. in general. Yeah. And it's not just, and we, you and I already had this argument last week about the speed of the game and getting out there and yeah, the operation yeah, yeah. and the lights on and all of that. I do believe there's value in that. 
I think that just not practicing is a piece of the puzzle as well. And it would be hard to argue and say, oh, he needs to work on his timing with Joe Burrow and T, I mean, with, sorry, excuse me, with Jamar Chase and with T Higgins and with Tyler Boyd, because obviously he doesn't, but there's still something to be said for practice. 100%. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm better in the second hour that I'm playing tennis than I am in the first hour that I'm playing tennis. <laughs> So and the Bengals have I gotten off the slow starts. Can I just give you that little non sequitur and talk yeah. about myself for a minute? Yeah, I I like it. please. Yeah. I broke a string on my tennis racket uh, on Sunday. What are you slamming it into the ground? Are you like John McEnroe? No, out there? I hit the ball so hard that it popped a string. Okay. <laughs> Big right. hitter. Wow. But really, I should have sent you this picture before. I'm very proud of this. I'm very excited. Forget that pros do it every single day. I mean, I've never done that. You're so. like Robert Redford in the national in the natural. Now, now, was it a <laughs> forehand or a backhand? Uh, it was. It broke on a forehand, but I do have a nice backhand. I like yeah. my backhand actually. I like my backhand more than my forehand. My my backhand is terrible. I used to, I used okay. to circle. I used to circle around the ball to hit a forehand. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, that says something that you were fast enough to be able to do that. Um. But anyway. Going back to this whole piece of it, I do think that Joe Burrow not having a regular camp and perhaps shaking a little bit of rust off against a Browns defensive front that fancies itself as being the most disruptive in the NFL or certainly is laying that as a goal might be a nice little matchup to have for the Browns, at least. And maybe it's a completely moot point because Joe Burrow is just that smart and gets rid of the ball that fast. Uh, you've been around Deshaun Watson for, uh, you know, at least in the preseason, a couple years and in, in while on the sideline. Um, last week, uh, they named him um, captain. Do you think that's something posthumous or something that um, that he appreciates or has worked towards? And does that mean anything in the scheme of things um, to how comfortable he is and, and, and whether he will become more comfortable in the system this year? Yeah, I wouldn't diminish that at all. I don't think I think that it is something that he's taken very seriously in the conversations that we've had. He's talked about being the leader and the unquestioned leader, and he won't ever say anything negative about Jacoby Brissett or having to share kind of a leadership role a year ago. But I think establishing himself as not only the unequivocal leader, but a good teammate, but a guy that his teammates trust in, someone that can sort of have the authority to speak to his teammates on the sideline, however he deems fit, is all important, is all necessary. And I think it's a statement on how his teammates feel about him as well. This is not something that, you know, is just arbitrarily being decided on from up high and being shoved down the other players' throats. Clearly he is. In some ways, though, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of throwing a lot of words at you for right. no reason. But the truth of the matter is here is like he is the captain. There's no question. Anybody that watches this team sees that he's the leader of the offense. I want to pivot off the Browns for one second because we were talking earlier about Chris Jones. And every, every time a player there's a contract dispute, Browns fans <laughs> think, trade for him. Bring him to Cleveland. So we, we had a little fun with it earlier in the show. But someone as smart as you, could you put this to rest <laughs> once and for all? Kansas City is not trading Chris Jones, right? Like, yeah, Chris no Jones is not. Sorry, Chris Jones is not coming to Cleveland. No. He's not going anywhere. Adidia, no, I just want to let you know Kansas. on this topic, yeah. and this is very important. I asked the chat if they would trade Dewan Jones in a third for Chris Jones, and fifty-two percent said they would not trade Dewan Jones. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with right now. So just, just make sure you know that information as you answer this question. 
Well, I mean, there we go, right? Clearly, the fans have spoken. They'd rather have Dewan Jones. So there you go. I, Kansas City, they'll figure it out. You know, it, it's interesting that there's all of these going on right now. Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, how will it all play out? Uh, I don't. I think that Kansas City will figure it out. I don't think that there's any doubt how Kansas City values Chris Jones. It's just figuring out how to best appreciate him in a way that he wants to be appreciated. Next year when his contract's that, up, that's when you appreciate him. Until yeah. then, you just wait him out. Yeah. You're right. What's he going to do? He's not going to not play the whole season. Then he loses his free agency. So, well, and that's where it's all yeah. far more complicated. When do you become vested and this and that? I, it's just, it's so hard to, I learned a long time ago, when you talk about somebody else's money, yeah, it can get a little dicey. So I will stay out of the all advice right. giving business and just say, I'm sorry, Browns, but Chris Jones is <laughs> not a tuber. Should we debate? Should we talk about your salary? Would you like prefer to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did call Jason Lloyd off the record last week to discuss the salaries in our industry. And um, I think that Jason laughed at me when I talked about whether I was grossly underpaid or not. (laughs) (laughs) We had a good conversation. We had a good talk. We did have a good conversation. I think think where we left it as you can believe your market is something, but if that's not what the market is, you're just not going to get it. That's the... That is a, that's how to sum up this industry completely. <laughs> and, Unless it's Stephen A. Smith or a couple of others. And and look, man, uh, yeah. listen, they waited way to this point to get rid of affirmative action. What the heck's going on here? Right, did I just say that? No, you can't say that. Sorry, right. you can't say I that. Say that. You, where's my money? I want more money. I want thousands now playing. Go ahead. <laughs> can I ask a Didi question? Yeah. Of course. We're going to do this he's later. He's not getting thousands? Wait a minute. Hold on. Go back. No, Jay doesn't get he's, thousands. He's making millions. He's in the hundreds? Is he in the tens? <laughs> he was on Bill Simmons' <laughs> podcast last week. He's making big time. He's a big timer now. I'll oh, stop. Listen, if that, if, they, if that came with something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still waiting on that check. Yeah. Let's go. Let's I go just up, feel Bill. like, you know what? It's better if people think that you're being paid less because there's less scrutiny. Right, yes. like if we if we have a bad take, then it's like, oh well, whatever. Tegna's paying her ten bucks. You know what? But yeah. that if is I have so a bad true. take, that is thinks that like, I'm getting paid a million dollars. Oh my god! That's the realest thing I've ever too. heard. That's, that's the real. Right. Like it goes for athletes. It goes for everybody. I mean, your expectations. Yes. And it's not right. Is yeah. a lot of times tied to the amount of money a person thinks you when, you make. When I went to 100%. the athletic, when I went to the athletic, people were like, "Screw you!" <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. It was yeah. like, a, "Who do you think you are?" Nah, and I I, I, everyone loved me when I was at the Beacon. Go to the right, athletic, just a little newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 big time are making millions a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. do you know? Hey, Adam, did you know that he built his own house? Did you know that Jason built a custom mansion? Oh, for, I know about uh, it from scratch. <laughs> I know, I know about it. Yes, <laughs> indeed. I thought you were on this. I know he built this custom. Oh mansion, my no god! Doubt. Yeah, we all we know that. There, there's tours. There's people just tours of the house. All right, now listen. Very wait a minute. Hoity-toity. No, no, no. Hey, no. people have been talking about how much the athletic pays. That's been a conversation. <laughs> no, we went. We yeah, went to Jay Crawford's house for yeah, the Michigan yeah. game. Now that is a house. He's got a well. Jay made ESPN money when they were just paying silly oh money. My God. I'm over here. Uh, yeah. I'm over here eating the same meals that Didi's kids. I mean, Easy Mac. <laughs> you and me both, Jay. <laughs> as long as you're not eating them in the store, right? All right. Jay, yeah, no. Yeah. I can wait till I get home. From the store, are you? <laughs> yeah. You're oh, eating I, a few grapes while you're like walking through the aisles. I, I wasn't allowed to do that, but I'm trying to say, uh, Giant Eagle uh, doesn't I, let you do that. Maybe I would I, say when I was like in college. 
I you told the story. You I, ate a whole ham sandwich. You can't well, do that. I'm repeating my story. You ate a ham sandwich in the grocery no, store? No, it wasn't a ham sandwich. I had a pound of... I was in Wegmans. If you, if you know, you know when it comes to Wegmans. Wegmans uh, best. Uh, Heinen's is great, but Wegmans is the best supermarket ever. And it's mostly in like upstate New York and a little in Pennsylvania. And uh, I got a pound of ham and I ate it as I walked through the supermarket. No. And An entire pound? No. Entire pound. Yeah. No, that's unacceptable. So you stole a pound of ham. I stole a pound of you ham. Aditi, I, uh, like I, I do have a question for 30 you. Years ago. That's unacceptable. I would <laughs> not <laughs> eat a pound of ham anywhere at any time. <laughs> Ever. I mean, yeah, I, I, I eat more in the supermarket than Aditi eats in a week. <laughs> Stop <laughs> Which is good. That's not an insult. I mean, I wish yeah. I was... You know, thin right. and trim, but I'm not. Go ahead, Mikey. Yes, Mikey. What's Aditi, your question? As we look at this Browns Bengals matchup here for Sunday, I think we're all in agreement that Joe Burrow is probably the second best quarterback in football outside of Patrick Mahomes. He's coming off a calf injury. We expect him to play. We don't know exactly how healthy he'll be, but if you were Jim Schwartz, in your opinion, what is the best way to slow down and take away what Joe Burrow likes to do best? Like, how would you plan or game plan? to play Joe Burrow well you do what you do best didn't you watch Deion Sanders' speech it's not about the other guys it's about us that's the whole point the Browns believe that they can be so disruptive up front Mm -hmm. and they need to be and the thing is is that when Joe Burrow is 100% healthy he is really good at moving at sliding out of the pocket at making things happen we don't expect him to be 100% right now because of that calf so make life hard for him and obviously you want the back end to be a bit sticky which is what you expect out of MJ Emerson what you hope you get out of Denzel Ward if he's healthy what you hope you get out of Greg Newsom him, but it really has to start up front and you have to make everything difficult for him up front that I, it just it yeah. doesn't seem like it's that complicated right no. like i will he's say not though 100%, no matter yeah. how good he is no matter they're going to put him out there he's still not 100 percent, even if it's just that he's not in game shape yet yeah i i think he's got to be to me he's got to be as of course he's not 100 percent. no way he could be but he's got to be as close to 100% as they think he can be. Otherwise, they wouldn't play him, I don't think. They'd sit him a week or two. Sure, they they'd let him get healthier. And if they were concerned about aggravating the injury or if they right. were concerned about him not being able to get himself out of harm's way, right. then, of course, they wouldn't do that. Right. But the whole point here is that the Browns think that they can get to the quarterback faster than the quarterback can get away. That's right. And now you're facing a guy that hasn't actually played much football over the course of the That's last right. month who is coming off of an injury. And even if you think you are 100%, when you are coming off of an injury and you haven't done any football work or you haven't worked your body in that way, you're, you know, it's it's just... It's a mat. The Browns have to show. It's like Zadarius Smith said. We are playing with our seatbelts off. Okay, then go ahead. Play with your seatbelts off. Let's see it. Aditi, last thing. Who do you feel has more pressure on them to start the season? Deshaun Watson or Kevin Stefanski? Kevin. Kevin Stefanski for sure. Yep. Okay. $230 million guaranteed. Kevin doesn't have $230 million guaranteed. And he does not, but he's the coach. He's the coach. And so at the end of the day, the, what's the line? The buck stops here. Yep. It all starts with him. Yep. And if a player is not ready to play, then how often does the coach hear it, that he didn't get the player ready to play? That's true. I mean, at the end of the day, the players play the game, yes, but the coaches are the ones that get them ready and have them in the right mindset and all of that. That's why coaches lose jobs. Yep. 
And to that, to your, what we were talking about earlier, yeah. if Kevin's scheming dudes open all over the field and Deshaun's broken and doesn't have it anymore and can't get it there, Deshaun's not getting fired. Kevin's the getting fans fired. are going to blame, and right. the fans will blame Kevin's fans. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Aditi, the next time we talk to you, there will actually be a real football game to recap. I'm very excited about that. Can you believe that? I'm so crazy, right? Hey, when are you here? We talked about this. When are you back in town? Are you coming in? Week three. Week Week three. three. Oh, yeah. What game are you doing Uh, this weekend? I forgot. It's at the Browns. This week, I've got the Texans and CJ uh, CJ Stroyd and D'Amico Ryan's debut. Oh, yeah. One is an NFL quarterback and one is an NFL head coach. Yeah. And they are at the Baltimore Ravens, where they Mm. will be facing the newly highest paid quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson. I just got my, app, uh, my uh, Odell Adam. You want me to tell Odell that you say hi? You send your I love. I love Odell. Tell him. Tell him yes. I'll tell him I love. And him I'll tell him you're you. still hating on Baker. You're still angry 100%. that it was. I hate Baker way more than I hate him. Yes. Thanks, Aditi. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Aditi. By the way, I got my YouTube TV this week, so I will be able to have the Sunday ticket. I love that they have the thing where you can see the four games at the once. The four boxes right? at once. Yeah, Spectrum has to get their crap together. It's been very difficult. Yeah, I, listen, uh, you know. I'm they're... done. I, I, I have actually DirecTV and YouTube TV right now. But I do, too. As soon as baseball ends, I'm canceling DirecTV for the first time. So, yeah, I, we, it was a firestorm. It was a firestorm. Yeah, no, Un- no, unacceptable. Yeah. G. Bush. You want to tease what's coming up tomorrow, unless my text threw off the uh, the schedule. Oh no, Liz! Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Matter of yeah. fact, tomorrow, man, it's the debut of the barbershop. We do the Browns preview tomorrow at three o'clock, right here, not on the radio, not on my YouTube channel, but right here on the UCSS channel tomorrow, three to four. Make sure you get your calendars ready. Make sure you be ready to go three to four. We will be previewing the Browns versus the Bengals. We'll do a deep dive for an hour. You you know what it is. It's going to be awesome. Make sure. Make sure you set your calendars. Make sure you set your phones. Make sure you write a note. Put it on your little uh, little locker room. Tell your kids don't bother you for three to four. And if you don't, we'll we'll, we'll do on-demand too. So you'll have some on-demand clips to watch if you miss it from three to four. So don't worry about it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tomorrow. Yes. Now, G, my only question, our fantasy draft's at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Hmm? Oh, shoot. Ha! <laughs> oh, don't worry Good about job. that. Listen, hey, listen, I can look, I can do both. Fantasy's at three. Oh man, do we need to push back the start of the draft to four o'clock? That would be That'd a, probably be a good idea. Probably be a good idea. Well, you gonna, are you going to do it from? Can you do it from the bar? No. Well, if, if, I, if I if I leave, if I get in my car at four o'clock when I'm done and drive to the bar, sure. Well, so take y'all behind the scenes real quick. G. Bush yeah. texted me and said, "Hey, can I promote this?" Yeah. And I said, "Sure," but isn't that the same time as the fantasy draft? G. Bush read the message, said, "No, we all good." And now we're having this discussion right here. This, because, this is inside um, the mind of G. Bush. Because I'm like, mm, if I don't, if I do it, I could just do it at my house. I might not be there. I just have to do it from my yeah, phone. Yeah, you might have to draft from your house. I'm yeah. not going. I'm not going to hold everybody else hostage. Yeah, I think that makes have. sense. So well, it's happening tomorrow. Three, the draft itself is going to actually start at three fifteen. Yeah. Well, why don't we just push it? 
Is anyone on a tight schedule? No, but they're they're opening the bar early for us. Well, yeah, well, but Jason's it's my, it's my guy. I mean, his buddy. So it's my he guy. Oh, I forgot you own the place. I don't own the. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't you start don't, that. Don't say that loud yet. Don't say <laughs> that. that loud. We'll, we'll figure it out off. We'll deal with that off That's camera. Yeah, we'll deal with that off camera. <laughs> but tomorrow, the barbershop. Gee, we are excited to have you. We have to have you there. We are excited to have you under the UCS umbrella. The barbershop, in my opinion, and I'm a little biased, but is the single best radio program in the city. And frankly, it's not comparable. So we are thrilled to have you under the UCSS umbrella once again. We asked Aditi, we kind of set it up with her, but I'm curious from you guys' perspective. Joe Burrow is going to play. Mm-hmm. And I'll just start with this, and I'll let you guys take it from here. If, if healthy Joe Burrow is X out of 10, what do you expect potentially hobbled Joe Burrow He's not to hobbled. be on Sunday? That doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't be playing him if he was hobbled. So saying hobbled doesn't make, it, make any sense. I think Aditi made the point that he's, he might be rusty because he hasn't re, I mean, he started practicing last week, but he hasn't practiced until a couple of days ago. He hadn't practiced with the team for five weeks. Joe Burrow is the Bengals franchise. Without him, like most teams with a great quarterback, they're nothing. All right? The Chiefs are the best team in football. Without Patrick Mahomes, they're nothing. The Bengals without Joe Burrow are nothing. So they would not be playing him if he were not as close to 100% as they thought he could be. So to, I, there's no way he's playing hobbled. It's tricky as calf injuries are. And, yeah. And, and they can, like that, they can 100% snap 100% he could redo it. Are you going to kill him on Monday if he re-aggravates this? I will not. Okay. Because they, they, unless I found out beforehand, which I haven't yet, and James Rapine has been consistently saying, like I text him every few days, is Burrow playing, is Burrow playing, is Burrow playing? And he's been telling me consistently, yes. He's been saying for weeks, he's playing, he's playing, it's fine, he's playing, he's playing. So I'm assuming he's 99%, 98%, whatever. Like, yes, it's an injury like a hamstring, like a quad, that you feel you could feel 100% and then you could hurt it again. It's possible. And if that happens, their season's shot. It's, it's just as simple. He's out, he, if, if he re-aggravates it, he's out four to six weeks probably. At least. At that point, yeah. Well, was, he already missed four to six weeks. I will say So they're not going to bring him back in another four to six weeks. Uh, uh, he's out two months minimum. Six to eight. Minimum. And their season's over. That's why, I'm frankly, I am a little bit surprised he's playing. Which is why they must be convinced he's a, about 100% because yeah. they, why would they take a chance? Yeah. And because they've gotten off the slow starts. They were two and three last year. They still made the playoffs. Right. If they thought that another two weeks and he's fine, they'd sit him another two weeks. Right. Even though it's, listen, like the Browns, the Bengals are playing two division games. They play the Browns and then they play the, the Ravens. So I get it, but the Bengals are a team with Burrow that if he set out the first two games, even if they lost them, they could still make the playoffs. Yeah. But if he gets hurt in week one and misses two months, it's over. Yeah. I'm not so I have to believe that they believe that, he, that another couple of weeks is not going to make a difference. I'm not going to say that they're going to be out to try to hurt Joe Burrow or anything like that, but Jim Schwartz is definitely, he's, he, you know, he, he talks about it, and, you know, he was, he was doing a seminar earlier this year, and he was doing a seminar with coaches, and he said, you know, sometimes when you have a, co- when you have a quarterback who is, um, who is very mobile, there's sometimes that you want to invite him to run, right? You're not going to blitz him as much because you want to invite him to, to run if there's nobody really open. I, I think that with the with the line that they have and with some of the guys that can run at him, I think Jim Schwartz understands that Joe Burrow um, 
is going to come and he wants to play because it is the Browns and, and he has not played well against the Browns in, in the last couple of years. And I think that he can rush the passer. I think that they want him to move him off a spot, not necessarily rush him in order to get him to, to stay in the pocket. They want to rush him to make him move around. I want to see if he can step up in the pocket and throw from the levels because Joe Burrow does that better than I think Josh Allen. He does that as well as anybody else in the league is getting to different levels, sliding, moving, protecting, evading people, and then throwing the ball on different platforms to get people open. I want to see if he can do that on one leg. I want to I challenge that a little bit earlier. I want to see if he can run a scramble a little bit earlier um, to see if they can do that. But it's going to be a fascinating uh, matchup because – if I'm the Browns, I say, okay, we, we have an offense that may be able to score a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So they may take more chances on defense. If they score, or, yeah. or, you know, they may take some more chances. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the Browns play because there's a lot of new, different just nuances yeah. where you, you can't say, oh, I knew this was coming. As a lot of people just don't know. Yeah, I, I think, Jason, uh, you know, on Friday, we'll, uh, you'll, you'll be back with us on Friday and We'll, probably, we'll make predictions on the game and whatever. I've honestly been going back and forth for about a week on who I think is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind like about four or five times already. Um, and part of it is certainly Burrow. Part of it is certainly Denzel Ward plays a role. Uh, I, for whatever reason, though, the one thing I've kind of stuck with over the last week as I've been thinking in more detail about this game, I have a feeling this game is going to be a, little, a lot lower scoring than, than many people think. I think it's going to be a... A defensive first game for both teams. That that's the way I'm leaning. Based on, based on it's week one. Well, that's part of it. I mean, and the Bengals' offense is probably going to be a little rusty, mm-hmm. even though they played. Most of those guys have played together for a while now. You know, again, you know, Burrow the last two years hasn't played the preseason, and he's he had, he's played his worst football early in the season. And so I could see that. But also, Deshaun Watson, this is his first game. Yep. There's a lot of pressure on him. He, he may kick out that final rust. He may have some nerve-wracking moments. He's got a lot of new faces on that offense, right? The Bengals' defense is really good. I know they're replacing two safeties, and that's a big deal because those were two good safeties. But the rest of the defense is back, and it's really good, and it's really well-coached. And so I expect both defenses in week one to have an edge. Yeah. I, I could obviously be wrong. No, week one. But that's is... what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a close, low, not like, you know, 13 to 10. Yeah. But I'm expecting like a, a 20 to 17. What's the, what's, the over, what's the over on this? Do we know? The over under. I, it was. Here, let me get the most updated. I know Hold the spreads. The Bengals are a two and a half point favorite. Last yeah, time I that's checked. held pretty firm, I think, yeah. throughout. It went but, down to one and a half. A couple of weeks ago, and then went back up to two and a half, and it's just stayed there. So we're using FanDuel because that's what I use for the next topic as well. As it stands right now, this exact moment, 12.33 on September 5th, two and a half point line, Bengals are favored, over under of 47 and a half, which is slightly lower than the league average yeah. of 49 and a half. Yeah, I, I like kind of like the under in this game. I wonder that's if the way I'm we, leaning. I wonder if week ones typically are lower just because of kind of what we're talking about. Yes. I think offenses are a little janky yes. in week one. And yeah. because these guys don't play a lot in the preseason, defenses are a little bit ahead. Yeah. You could be onto something. I think that there's something to it. I don't, I don't think it's going to be. Now a, watch, it'll be 45 I was just going to say, I don't think it's going to be a 40-38 shootout. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. And the Bengals and Browns, have, even when they haven't been good necessarily, they've had, had some good really shootouts They've had some really high-scoring games. Yeah. yeah. 
But I don't know. You think? What do you think? You think I'm crazy with thinking it's going to be a no. low-scoring game? I think games like in the week one is is unpredictable. You don't know. Totally, what's it's the hardest. And <coughs> and to your point, I'm sorry, G, and then jump right back in. It's the it's the week more than any other that you shouldn't judge a team by. Yes, you could throw and it yet out. people do it. But yeah. you're you're a hundred percent right. It is the most unpredictable week in the NFL. Usually, what to me, week three is where you start to see like, okay, this yeah. is who this team is going to be. Games like this, somebody can get a pick six, somebody can run a punt back, uh, offsides, penalties, things like drop passes, things like that really uh, like affect these types of games. And you really don't start to see what the team really is until they really settled in week three, week four. That's why it's so crazy to play teams like the Bengals, right? It could be a it could be a double edged sword because the Bengals can get hot. You know, you if say for instance, either or the Browns. You could one of the teams could play horrible the first game. Yep. And then you look at this game later on in the season and be like, wow, they caught them at a nice little time. Yeah, because they're balling right now and, and if it wasn't for A, B or C, you know, so I, I think this game is a crapshoot. It's a, it's a roll of the dice. The Browns are at home. And I think, too, what could you, if you're watching the Browns, you don't even know what they're going to run. I don't, like, what are they running? Like, they haven't really seen Miles Garrett. They haven't seen Nick Chubb. They haven't seen any of the, like, the new stuff that they're kind of putting yeah. in. So you just don't know. Yeah. Like, I do. By the way, 69 degrees is supposed to be a game time. It's Perfect. Beautiful. Very nice. Perfect. And rain nice. in the morning. So, but, but I do want to ask you guys one more thing yeah. on, on Burrow, and Aditi mentioned it, but the Bengals sign Orlando Brown to hopefully sure up their offensive line. The Browns obviously brought in the reinforcements. Mm-hmm. There's seven or eight new guys on the defensive line. Last year, I know we at least spoke about how, on paper, we gave the Browns a big advantage defensive line versus Bengals offensive line. Do you still feel like the gap is as big as it was last year between those two particular units? It's interesting because we were wrong last year because the Browns defensive line – was actually worse than the Bengals' offensive line. Yep. Correct. Now, the Bengals' offensive – this is the best offensive line the Bengals have had since Joe Burrow's been there. But the Browns' defensive line is Both better. sides have improved dramatically. Both sides have improved dramatically. Orlando Brown is a huge difference. The Bengals have not had a good left tackle since Andrew Whitworth left. He's not elite Orlando Brown, but he's in that next category. Like, he's a good, solid yeah. left tackle. He's Chad Wills. No. no, come on. Now. Look, you stuck come that in there. Are you crazy? That was slick, Jason. That I know was what you slick. Did. That was high-level trolling right there. <laughs> we were both triggered, so no. Our voice got all deep. No. I think the oh, biggest geez. question with that the Bengals' fun. offensive line is, so obviously they're really good at left tackle now. They're really good at center. They're really good at right guard. Their left guard was a rookie last year. He had his ups and downs, but as the year went on, he got better. I think they're pretty good shape in those four spots. The right tackle is the question because they've taken their left tackle, Jonah Williams, who was more like Jedrick Wills. I will say that. And maybe even a little worse than Jedrick Wills. And they've moved him to right. Now, supposedly he's taken to it well. Maybe he'll be better there. But I think it's a big question mark because I don't think he's very good. It might eventually be Lyle Collins, who they had last year right tackle, but he's coming off an injury and he's not ready to go week one. So I don't know. But it's definitely the best offensive line they had. That being said... If I had to say, give the advantage, Browns D-line, Bengals O-line, I would still give it to the Browns. I'd agree. Um, and I think uh, Zadaria Smith is probably going to be, you know, one of the better defensive linemen. He's not, I wouldn't say he's, he's in, in the top, uh, what, five pass rushers. 
um, that you got. No, but he's top. But he's 15. Top, top fifteen though. Yeah. Hey, he's this, top fifteen though. This is the second time we've seen this graphic. I can't read below the names. What is that? Oh, those are their PFF grades from last year. That's oh, Garrett okay. was first at a one nineteenth. Tomlinson and Harris fourteenth and seventeenth at a one twenty seven at the defensive tackle position okay. respectively. As a Darius Smith, I couldn't figure out what you're doing with that. There you go. That's a that's a nice. We made that the day they signed Shelby Harris, and there was a little more explanation into it. But I just still think it's a nice visual graphic. I yeah. guess I should add a key to it. But so, I mean, if they play, if all four play to that level of their grades from last year, uh, the Browns should be really good. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it's. A, I don't know other team has that. Uh, yeah, they're the only team with two defensive ends. Philly and two lost defensive a couple of these lines, yeah. top you know, after last year. It, it, uh, you said this earlier. Do the Bengals just really like? If say, for instance, the Browns stop the run, right? Yeah. I get the picture. The Bengals really don't care about that. Like, I think they want to throw the ball anyway. Um, is that something that they would? They you think they would run the ball a little more? Maybe if Joe Burrow is a little nicked up, or do you think they just like if the Browns stop the run, they're, they're fine with throwing the ball? I mean. I think they're fine, but I do think they want to be balanced, I, I, especially in this game, because they've experienced what Miles Garrett can do to them. I mean, we gave the numbers before. Miles Garrett has probably played his best football against the Bengals. He's averaging nearly two sacks a game I mean, against absurd. them. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. If you play based I'll on that, played the Bengals every week, he'd have thirty-four sacks. Five five games, nine sacks. Okay, so he'd have thirty fresh. sacks. Yeah, you know. So now again. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also think the Bengals have not done a good job, and they don't do a lot of keeping a tight end in to block because they're putting receivers out there, and they, they feel like, well, we can get rid of the ball, and Burrow's going to make the decision and get rid of it quick. Uh, I think he, for whatever reason, he's held on to the ball a little longer against the Browns, yeah. and I think part of that's, you know, Denzel Ward's done such a great job. So the Browns have had that great combination of yeah. Miles Garrett wreaking havoc and good coverage in the secondary, and it has affected Burrow more than any other team. And I don't even think it's close. Yeah. And Jamar, Jamar, I can't think of a game where Jamar Chase has, like, killed us. Like, we, we haven't. Look at it. I don't we know. We haven't had. I just feel like there just hasn't. I don't know. It, it, this could be the exact opposite, but I, I haven't seen no. No, game. you're right, G. You ready? Yeah. Well, he did last year. He had a very good game. But his first two games against Cleveland, he had 13 targets and six receptions for 49 yards in the first. No touchdowns. In the second, he was only targeted four times, had two catches, 26 yards. Did he play that whole game? I think that what, was a game. That I'm not Burrow, sure, but what, last year in December. I think that second game, he was just trying to set a rookie record. Trying to set the record, yeah. And then they took him out because yeah. I don't think Burrow played. Yeah, Fair. you're right. In that final, in the third and most recent game, this was December 11th of last year, he had 10 catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. And the Bengals won. Not a surprise, right? That was the, the game where t- – who was it that didn't play in it in Jeff Howard, the defensive well, that was, coach? Well, that wasn't that game. That yeah, I was thought the, it was. He missed. No, he missed the first game. Yeah, he, I think he, he missed the first matchup, right? Mike just gave yeah, did not. Numbers. Yeah, he did not play. When the Browns beat them on Halloween, Jamar right. Chase did not play. That yeah. was the game. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, this is the, the December game is what. Where that's he, the game. It was late in the year. I remember yeah. it was late in the year where somebody, someone else didn't play. T. Higgins didn't play. Was, yeah, Jet, well, no, you're right. And Jet Howard goes. We didn't expect him to play. We missed their whole game plan up when we found out. <laughs> I said, why don't you just playing. put three dudes on him? And they were right, like, right, right. kind of messed right. up. That's right. I think Tyler Boyd missed that game too, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Trent think, Taylor was their guy. I, I think Boyd missed the game, and then Higgins got hurt right in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. That's and exactly right. what happened. And then, and then he made that comment. And Chase was the only one out there and still right. went nuts. And, and, and I think he made the comment, and we were like, 
he made it seem like it was worse for them that Higgins got right. Out. Yeah, right. Yeah, which yeah, that was, was insane. It. That was it. Obviously. Go ahead, Mike. All right, we got one more thing we got to get to. I got one final read to get in here. But if you guys need gear for the upcoming Brown season, make sure you check out fanatics.com slash UCSS to get your swaggy, fancy, classy Browns gear for the upcoming season. Tailgate season is upon us. The Muni Lot will be rocking next Sunday. This Sunday, actually. This Sunday. It feels so weird to say this Sunday. Football is officially back. But if you need new gear, check them out at fanatics.com slash UCSS. I just whispered, thank God, that football's back. Thank goodness. You know, um, you're right. Are we going to talk about the – because I think the, the really fascinating matchup is the Bengals' D-line against the Browns' O-line. I think that's – We're going to do that tomorrow. We're going to do that tomorrow? Yeah, yeah we're okay, going to so we'll get into that now. So, ahead, and we have a whole week of previews. Yeah, right. You're we right. try to keep it in at least the same vein instead of bouncing all over the fair place. Fair enough. But, fair enough. Go ahead. And we're going to also – little preview for the rest of the week. On Thursday, we'll make all of our picks – Division winners, Super Bowl winners, playoff picks. We're going to do Brown season superlative picks on Friday as well on top of headlines. A lot of big things coming. Some new stuff we have never done before yeah. that will be added to our post-game rotation, including yes. some player grades and stuff and, like that. And a big announcement coming up we expect this week. Hopefully, fingers crossed this week. Hopefully. I have, if it's not on me, just don't look at me to tell you. <laughs> Tim Couch and Leroy Horde make their returns yep. this week. Ben Baby's back on Thursday with Mary Kay. And we got to talk about him and James Rapine. I told you I texted Ben as soon as James Rapine yeah. said that, and he wanted to get in. But Talk about why, why uh, Joe Mixon hates Ben Baby. Get yes, we'll off. talk about it all. But we do have a topic this to get to real quick. Yes. The modern day, and I say modern day since realignment happened and NFL divisions went from five to four teams. The record I mean, for wins. That's in fairly a, recent. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. 20, 20 years, years, two decades. Okay. Or 21 years. The record for a division, yeah. those four teams combined wins, was 43. Set last year by the NFC North, NFC East, excuse me, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. Those four combined for 43 wins. Can the AFC North break that 43-win mark this season? Certainly the teams in this division are capable of breaking it, guys. But ultimately, the major advantage that the NFC has right now, and the reason, part of the reason why the NFC East did that, is because the NFC top to bottom is far weaker than the AFC. Whereas the NFC East is pretty good, right? But all the other divisions in the NFC are mediocre or bad. In the AFC North, not only is it the best division in football, but you also have the AFC East, which is loaded. You also have two great teams in the West, including the best team, and a pretty good Jaguars team in the South. So the AFC is much better top to bottom. If you look at the projected win totals, 40, it would get you to 40. Uh, I am. It's funny enough. I didn't. I hadn't seen this, but before the show, G and I were talking with Mike, and I said I got the AFC North winning 40 games total. I'm right with the number on FanDuel. I got 40, so I got the a the AFC North is definitely capable of breaking that record. I don't think it'll happen though, because I think they're playing tough schedules, and it's a tough division. I'd be surprised if anybody in this division went better than four and two in the division. Uh, so I've got 40 total wins for the AFC North teams. I got like forty-one. Okay, and um, I, I think there will be there will be three teams that get double-digit victories, but I do think um, the the team that's I got the Steelers coming in last place. I, I don't buy the Steelers. I know that they've been eight and eight forever, but I, I just don't buy that. Um, given the fact that you know Pickett is going to play a whole year. Um, and I'm just not a big believer in their run game. I'm not a big believer in what they can do defensively. I got a couple nice pieces, but 
if I, I actually got them winning probably like seven games. Seven oh. games. Yeah. Ooh. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Was that seven and ten? Seven and ten. Put me down as a yes. I think they will break the record. Wow. I think they will. It's a lot of wins. It is. But, I mean, if you look at the graphic that was just up there, the NFC East went 43-23-2. and two. There was two ties. So yeah. they could have 44-45. By the way, well, could the, I The Giants me? and Commanders tied. So I got also oh, Can I call one. myself out for saying something ridiculously dumb yes. just a minute ago? Yes. I talked about no team having more than four wins in the division. That's idiotic. That doesn't matter. That if they when they lose, they lose to another team in the division. Right. So it's a win. Yeah. It doesn't. There's guaranteed. Every team is guaranteed to win uh, sixteen uh, twelve games every uh, it, within the division. Right. 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 Is it twelve? Is it twenty four total Three, games? Three, six. I don't know. <laughs> We listen. We only count in threes and sevens. If it's the, an, the if point, it's an the even number right now, no I sense. don't care. Because whether they're all four and two or all three and three, it's, it's, eight, it's eighteen, right? It's eighteen. Four and two. Yeah, is it eighteen? Well, it's four teams. You play three times two, six times three teams is eighteen. Mm-hmm. So there's eighteen. You're guaranteed eighteen. Yeah, he's right on that one. Yep. It's really a matter of how no, how badly your division because beats all the te- up on all the teams others. can go three and three. That's twelve. So it's twenty four. I don't know. Whatever. Jason's theory is right. His math is wrong. No, no, full no, set no. is correct. It, everybody's going to go. Every, there's going to be 12 wins and 12 losses. You unless have, there's a tie. You ha, why are we doing this? Yeah. You have three. You have six games against every opponent. I know that. But you're, when you start, you're doubling, double counting almost. I don't know. Whatever. I'm telling you. It's tw- Give I, me I, the I, over. Got it right. Here's how you got to think of it. Each yeah. team plays six division games. Yeah. Six times four is 24. They can only win one and lose one. So unless there's a right. tie, there will so, be 12 wins so and 12 losses. It will be 12 losses, and 12. No All right, right, whatever. Give me the yeah. over. I'll take, right. I'll take the 40. I, I think the division's that good. I, don't ask me who's going to finish last in this division because it's hard it to could say. be any of the four. The, any of the four could the win only it. only thing of the four that would surprise it. me is if the Bengals finished last. I'm uh, not saying they're definitely going to finish first. Yeah. But I'd be surprised if they finished last. I think I, I think that's the, the only thing that would surprise me. I think me. the Steelers could finish last. I think they could win the division. I do think they could win the division. I know I, you guys think I that's think probably could, nuts. No, I think they could, but I think they have I would say they're the least likely to win the division. Probably fair, opinion. but I think any of those But four. I do think you're right. I think it's possible. If Kenny Pickett is better, G and I neither one of us like Kenny Pickett. No. If he's better than we think, then yes, the Steelers could win the division. Yeah, no, I don't no. think he's elite. I think he's better than you guys are giving him credit for. He, if he is, then they got a shot. Yeah, you know, I don't think I, I've picked the Steelers to be under five hundred the last two years. I'm not this year. Uh, as of today, I've got the Bengals twelve and five, the Browns ten and seven, the Ravens and Steelers nine and eight. Just out of curiosity, the Commanders were last last year, right? They were correct. Yeah. What was, how much? What was their win total? Six, seven. I believe they were six, Eagles ten, and like one. But I will double check for you right now. I'm just curious because I. I mean, I think all four teams in this division. All right, so last year, just so you guys were on the same page, and I was wrong on that. The Eagles were fourteen and three. Yep. Cowboys twelve and five. Giants nine seven and one. Mm. Commanders eight eight, eight. And one. Okay. Oh yeah. So there's your forty three. I, I believe more in Deshaun Watson being good again than Kenny Pickett being better than what I thought he was going to be. But your I bar agree. is so low for Pickett. Both you guys, I it think is. the bar is yes. so low. I, well, yeah. that's that's a that's a nice, that's a fair statement. I'm trying to think who who I think he have comparable play. Derek Carr. That's could Kenny pick a playoff game? Like, can of, he can he just be a mid quarterback? If that's kind of could be a mid quarterback. Derek Carr, I think Derek, Derek Carr. Derek Carr to me is top of the mid. Yeah, top. He's yeah. top mid. Um, like I, it to me, that's his best case scenario. Yes. See, I think he's going to be Mac Jones, but which is not a starter in the NFL. 
but certainly now part of it may be me and G both even even though we grew up rooting for different teams we both hate the Steelers and we don't <laughs> yeah. want I think that's coloring this a little bit and that bit. might play a role yeah yeah you're right you know like I, I might just not be able to wrap my brain around that they got lucky and got another good quarterback yeah. after Ben but yeah. I just don't I just see don't it. see it I don't see it I don't, but maybe, everybody's maybe, going nuts about this guy maybe we'll it's man, I don't know man maybe it's like I, I don't know it, maybe he has to have like a uh, he changes number and wear different colors and I don't know, but I yeah. just don't see it. I, I think he's what the Steelers have been the last bunch of years. Mediocre. Andy they, Dalton. You think he's Andy Dalton? Basically. Andy Dalton was good for a couple years. Like three, four years. Three, four years. He was but pretty good. Andy but Dalton was basically Derek Carr, right? Like when he was at his best. Carr yeah. was better, but it's I mean, comparable. Yeah. It's, it's comparable. Jared Goff. No, it's Jared Goff was good. The last one thing I'll say about Jared Goff is Jared Goff's inconsistent. His highs have been pretty good. Yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Even last year. Like, he had a pretty good year. Super Bowl. But then his, lows are, the then his lows are a disaster. Yeah. So, I would, I would put him somewhere between, you're right. I would, Derek Carr is the top of the mid. I would put him somewhere. To me, best case scenario for Kenny Pickett is he's the 16th quarterback. What about Geno Smith? If he's Geno. I mean, Gino, but Gino, I don't know what he He's is. He's got to do it again because I don't think anyone Gino knows was he trash is. until last year, and last year he was Dang. pretty good. Yeah. 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 So there is no, there's no comp for I don't know. Him. No, I, I think it's Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr might be the comp. Best case scenario comp. A little more mobile, but. I like the idea. And then yeah. the worst case, what is he? Uh, okay. Worst, worst case, case is, is Mac Jones. Or, or. Worst case or is Kenny Pickett from last year. J- Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, he could be. I still bad. believe in Jameis. Jameis can, can get hot. Jameis can get hot. He'd throw 40 interceptions. <laughs> Jameis was, was so great. funny to watch. I love Jameis. Jameis was the best when you had a wide receiver on his fa- on, oh. on fa- from fantasy because oh. he'd throw a million picks, he'd throw a million touchdowns, they'd throw the ball 60 times in a game. Yeah, yeah. Bashar Perriman won me a championship. <laughs> he did. Doing that. <laughs> did. Speaking of championships, yeah. Ted Ginn Jr. had 10 touchdowns his first year in Carolina. Eight of them came in the second half of the season. Yeah. He was the waiver wire guy you picked up at week eight or nine that yeah. won a fantasy championship. By the way, how many that. yards? He had a big year that year. What did he, he have only had he, he had 800 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, but that was his biggest yardage season. By right? far. It was by far his best yeah, season yeah, yeah. as a receiver. I feel like if Ted Ginn had even played, you know, started eight years later, he would have been even better. Yeah, because they would have just threw the ball up. They would have just they would have been even up there, like. Well, in this era, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, he would have been even better. He was a good player. Yeah. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah, but he would have been even better now. Yeah, especially in the, you know with, with if you if you ended up on a team with a good coach. Oh yeah, imagine him on the Chiefs. Oh, oh. yeah, right. Exactly. That's a fun game to play, by the way. Just imagine yeah. fun player on the yeah. Chiefs. You oh, could yeah. name anyone. Imagine well, Devontae Adams on the Chiefs. Imagine Tyree Kill on the Chiefs. Who was the best quarterback Teddy ever played with? Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was there for the good right. play, hey, I got a couple things I got to shout out. Go ahead, Mike. A yeah. couple things oh, I got to shout out yeah. real quick. Yeah, he did. We have You're some right. super chats. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Bud with the Browns backers of the San Francisco Bud, area. Shout the out, bad Bud. Browns power rankings, over 3,000 strong in the Bay Area. If you are interested, check them out at baybrowns.com for one of their six viewing locations in yes, San Francisco, sir. UCSS worldwide and countrywide to uh, have some fun, so make sure you check out the Browns back. We've got a couple Super Chats here as well. First comes from Kenneth Yabo. He says, book it, Browns going 13-4. and four. Next is from Skilly. 
And sh- whatever Skilly says, you should usually listen. He said, another great show. Can't wait for this week's games. Saw you guys on the homepage last night of my Fire TV. The uh, show's about to be everywhere. Hit that like button. I guys. saw that, too. I saw everybody I but me. Everybody but me. <laughs> hey, listen. Mary Kay's on there. Aditi's on there. Hey, you guys hey, are on there. Ty. Jay- no, Jason. Hey, Jason. I know it was Jason. just JG and I. No, you got Pond yeah, of Concrete. was, too. Wow, we pulled an Andy Roth on Jason there. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I'll have to look. Keeping I the white man down. <laughs> hey, we had the last super chat comes from Chris. He wants to know if you took 2020 Deshaun Watson and transported him into today's NFL, would he still be a top quarterback, or has our quarterback standards changed in yes. the last three years? No, he would still be a top quarterback. He had a magnificent. How many? How many? How many? How many? How many yards three, was that? Three again? years ago, wasn't that long ago? Yeah, you're making it was, seem like it's a hundred years ago. That was this era. That like forty seven hundred wasn't forty seven hundred. Yes, then. there are more <laughs> great quarterbacks now than when he had that year in twenty twenty. So he's got to do work to get back in that group, obviously. But if he put up that kind of season in terms of statistics, not in terms of wins and losses. But if he puts up those statistics, they're going to win a lot of games. Yes. It, yes, then he's in – whether whether you want to rank him third or second or sixth, he's in that group. It doesn't matter. Like, the goal is not to have – you know, yes, you'd rather have the best quarterback in football. But if you have the seventh or the fifth or the fourth, that's plenty good. You can win a Super Bowl with that guy. Especially you got to take in consideration when he did it. <laughs> like, some of those yards are, are better yards than others. Like, some of them sure. can be at the end of a game – I would much rather if he goes and plays against if he plays that way against just the AFC North, I'll take it. <laughs> just, like because that means I'm going to win a division, I'm going to get a first round bye, mm. and we can roll with, roll with that. But if you only yeah. play well against the, like the, the Titans and, and yeah. the rest of the, that's not. I definitely think, by the way, on a, a semi unrelated note, we have to push the fantasy draft back. Uh, if and it's better for you guys, you have more time here to get your work done, right? Yeah, I mean, you just... I'll text Allie and Holly who are in the league this year. Uh, I'd say we push it back to 415 because we need to have G in the bar. I mean, G can't get there by 415. It's coming from Euclid. I live in South Euclid. Well... How close is that? South Euclid, we'll play the drafts in Lakewood? Right, half hour. That's like... Really? Yeah. South Euclid to Lakewood's a half hour? I think so. Yeah, South Euclid's east side. Or whatever. We'll start at 430. That's cool. Is anybody in a rush? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I mean, it's my one day off. I want to do something this Wednesday night. One day off? I'm busy. You think that just up here at 1 o'clock, I'm just done. I'm just my, my weekends. No, you know. No, but I mean, what do you mean one day? Oh, you mean you get like some time off in the afternoon? Yeah, I got basketball Tuesday, Thursdays. Mike, Wednesday's my night off. You say that as if basketball's your job, <laughs> right? It's my one night off. If you if love I don't, play, if I don't play basketball, I get very cranky. You love playing basketball. We, the draft is not the same if G. Bush is not in person. I agree. Me. I agree. So we need to have him there. You want to come, right? Of course. So then let's push it back to 430. It'll actually be better 
for uh, Allie and Holly too, probably because they were gonna have to leave work early and stuff like if that. If I have to, if I have to take my first, I don't. I think I'm picking like eighth or seventh or something like yeah. that. If I have actually, to take, G has to pick right before me, so yeah, let's do four fifteen. <laughs> hater, hater. I, I will be locked in, loaded, and I will have it. Can you tell up. your buddy we're gonna start at four thirty instead? Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I will That's have it. Make it easier on them. They don't have to open. Early. Is it gonna be open to the public? Don't say they have the restaurant yet, but is it open to the public? We're gonna be in a private room, I think. Or I mean, it's I don't not that private, private room. It's but. not that private. Well, it was if we did it at three fifteen, it was private. But now four thirty. Yeah. Well, but we were going to be done by four o'clock. Well, you think people are going to show up to watch us draft? Uh, yes. A couple. There'd be like three there or five be people. people that would. Which I'm not against. I'm just yeah. I'm just asking. Well, dis- let's discuss that off the air. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's push it back to four thirty. I'll send you a. Pro- you got to text uh, Leroy. I will. T- oh my god! I love Leroy. I talked to him this morning. He's ready to. He- Tomorrow is Leroy's on tomorrow. Yeah, he's cooking. Leroy, he's been he holding stuff up and ready to go. Hey, hey, let's let's bring back good bet, bad bet, real quick. Yeah. Well, Leroy, two questions. Yeah. Will Leroy have an answer over five and a half minutes? Oh easy. yeah, easy money. Will easy the money. combined or panel will it be tomorrow, an answer if he spends like five seconds talking about what I asked him or what no, no, he to, an answer? It doesn't matter if it's an answer to the question, but yeah. if you ask question, Leroy then goes for five and a half. You should, you should run a clock in the bottom of the corner when he starts. The talking. question shouldn't be that. The question should be: Will he will he have any answers under five and a half minutes? Fair. And the part two of the will the yeah. combined panel. Tyvis is in for Jason tomorrow. Will we get seven words in total? After Leroy starts going. You should do the number of questions total. How many yeah. questions total can right. you get? Two and, a half. two and a half. One and a half. Well, well it depends how long half. we're keeping them for. We're keeping them for 15 minutes or because, 20 minutes you know, Because you know if Tybus is here, it's the Michigan O'Shea gonna banner. You're going to keep him here as long as he wants to be here. Yeah, that's, that's, true. that's a good point. It actually and, becomes the Leroy, Leroy show. Leroy loves busting balls. So He busts my balls, but he really loves busting Tybus' balls. And then, yeah, listen, I know, I know he's going to bring this up. We were supposed to have him on the show, right? And the producer couldn't get his number right. On... On, a, uh, on your show. Yeah, on the barbershop. Okay. So the new producer couldn't get it right. He's like, what happened? What happened? Hey, massive numbers impression. again today. Shout out to the people. Y'all the best. We're talking <laughs> Deion Sanders in overtime. We'll see you. Peace. Shortly. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.